my wife sings that song, When Mercy Walked In, it reminds me of a song that I've heard years ago. And some of you may have heard this song or know the song I'm talking about. Uh, the name of the song is Before the Blood Was Dry. Y'all remember that song? He knew me. I, I can't remember the words. He knew me or my sins were forgiven before the blood was dry. And I can't help but think of that song when she sings that song. And uh, tonight I want to preach or teach just for a few moments on a topic that a lot of us are going through currently have experienced a lot of it and to me it just seems that the more and more the days progress the more the weeks progress the more the months progress that we encounter more and more of this seem like more now so than before and statistically uh, and it's hard to believe this but I can in a sense I can see this that 89% of Americans have deal or have dealt with or are currently dealing with stress. Amen. Stress. Mm -hmm. And again, it seems like it's more so now today. And again, we are in the Christmas season, Christmas holiday. And how many know that can be a very stressful time and trying to prepare everything and get all your gifts uh, purchased and get everything set and uh, get ready to have the family over. And it can just be a very stressful time. And anytime you involve uh, family members, it can get even more stressful. And you get the in-laws involved, you get the outlaws involved, and you get all the other laws involved. And some are broken and some are kept, you know, and stuff like that. So stress can go up higher and higher. But most Americans are emotionally fatigued. They're emotionally drained, physically drained, and spiritually drained. And the problem is simply stress. It is stress. And even today, I've had uh, several things, you know, been brought to my attention that kind of confirmed uh, my message tonight. That, you know, this is what we need to hear. This is what we need to uh, look at tonight. And many of us feel like we are the chief rat in this rat race. That we are the number one in the rat race and there is too much to do. And here's where a lot of our stress comes from. Is that we have too much to do, but little time to do it. And so when that happens, guess what? Our stress goes higher and higher. And so I'll keep it just for a moment. Turn it with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. I know it seems like every time I get behind the school pit here late, it's like, turn Isaiah, turn Isaiah, turn Isaiah. And I promise that wasn't intentional. That's just where the Lord led me to. And a very familiar story. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 28, down to 31. 28 through 31. The Bible says, starts off with a question. Has thou not known? There's your question. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, here it is, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He giveth power to the faint 
and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord, here's your promise. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I am thankful tonight that I serve a God, that you serve a God, we serve a God that does not grow tired, who does not grow weary, who does not get perplexed, and even the young are not immune to stress. You may think, well, it's because I have gotten older in my age and I have done been through so much. I've lived majority of my life and you know, it's, it's going to be more uh, common for me to get stressed. No, my friend, even the young are stressed. We've got a uh, young generation coming up today that are going to doctors to get on prescription medicines to help them cope and deal with just going to school. They are facing things that you and I, when we were teenagers, never thought of facing. They're going through things and peer pressure and, and things that they are dealing with and going through and, and facing in school with, with their friends and teachers and, and just life. That there are uh, being prescribed things to just help them cope with stress. Even the Bible tells us that those that who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like the eagles. I want to tell you, God promises us in His Word, through the Scriptures that we just read, that if we just wait upon the Lord and understand that there are going to come times in our lives that we don't have what it takes to get some things done, that some things that are put on our place that we cannot fully digest in a sense. Because there is just too much. And see, there again, we we try to do things again through our own might. Like I said Sunday morning, through our own might, through our own strength, through our own power that we constantly fail. And it seems like every time we fall and every time we fail in a situation or something that happens, our stress shoots through the roof. Three things I want to show you tonight through this passage of Scripture. Number one, the problem of stress. Look at the problem of stress. And uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He is omnipotent. He is all-knowing. He is all-power. And that's what it is saying in Isaiah uh, uh, 40, 28. He is immortal. He is invisible. He is most glorious, almighty, and victorious. There is none like Him. There is none that is in any comparison to Him. And it's saying that He does not grow weary. God does not grow weary. Do you think in the seasons that you and I are, going, are currently going through today in the year 2020, and do you think He is, is being God, do you think He has grown weary? 
Do you think he is fake in this time? No. But who else is he talking about then? He is talking about us. We grow weary. We tend to faint. We tend to fall. And we again allow our stress to go through the roof. Stress. Now what is stress? Let's define stress just for a moment. Again, this is called a Bible study. That's why we're digging a little deeper tonight. What is stress? Stress is that gap between the demands that are placed upon us and our ability to meet those demands. Now where's the, where's the stress come in? On one side are the responsibilities, our necessities, our demands and opportunities of life on this side. Now on the other side, you have all the things that we want to do, desire to do, should do, and ought to do. Now, what else do you have? On the other side, you have your inabilities. You have your weaknesses, your sinfulness, your lack of knowledge, and your faults. You have your ability to want to do. You have your ability to do the things you ought to do. Your responsibilities, your necessities over here. And then over here, on this side, you have your weaknesses. You have your faults. You have your lack. You have your sinful nature. You have all this on this side. So what is in between the center of those two? Stress. That's what lies in between your abilities and your inabilities is stress. It's called the stress factor. And it is the chasm between the ought-tos and the can'ts that seem to overwhelm us. And again, you have all these things you, you know you should do, but then you look over here at your resources and you say, well, I don't have what it takes to come over here and fulfill these. And so what do you do? You sit in the middle and you say, I'm stressed. How many times have we been through that? How many times have you woke up? I can't tell you this. Let me say this. I have been known to do this so many times. I'm sure some of you can testify to your own self. I have laid in bed at night. And it seemed like when I try to go to sleep, it's when my mind will not shut up. Amen. It's like that's when my mind really starts going. And I'm, I'm laying there, I'm thinking about everything I've got to do tomorrow. I'm thinking about everything I've got to get done, everything that needs to be accomplished. And the whole time I can't sleep because it's on my mind. And then I begin to uh, allow stress to rise up in me because I'm thinking, I, I, I need to do this, I need to do this, and I need to do this. It seems like my plate is so full, but I don't have the ability to accomplish all that I do or need to do. So that what happens, your stress goes up. And all of us are vulnerable to stress. All of us. All of us. Stress affects all age groups and every single walk of life. It don't matter if you're 70 or you're 17. It affects us all. When we're all stressed, especially we become vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. When you and I become so stressed, we become vulnerable to the tax of the enemy. And I got scripture. Deuteronomy 25, 16, uh, 16 through 17, the Bible says, For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Verse 17, Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when ye were come forth out of Egypt. What is the scripture saying? King Amalek. 
He came against the, 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 the people when they were weak and when they were vulnerable and when they didn't have what it took to stand. And so Satan does the same thing to you and I. When we become stressed, our mind becomes overloaded and we, became, we, we, we become weak in spirit and we're not as strong. So that's when the enemy is an open door for him. That's when he comes in and, and sets forth the attacks because he's found us in our vulnerable state. Let me ask you this. Can you fully can you fully operate on your day-to-day stressed? Can you do if you if you're still working a job and you're still active through the day, can you do that 100% wholeheartedly and you're 100% stressed out to the banks? You can't. So therefore, your mind is not stable. Your mind and your heart is not stable to be in the right place. So therefore, you are a walking target to the enemy. And we are prone to arguments and irritations when we are stressed. How many times have you walked into your house with your mind about to blow its gasket because of your stress level and you come into arguments with your spouse or your family and it's all because you're stressed out? Your spouse didn't do a thing wrong. She or he did not do anything wrong, but yet the stress load that you brought into the house is simply you just unloading that onto her or him. And see, we try to categorize stress. I'm going to tell you this. Stress is stress. Point blank, it, it is what it is. And we try to categorize, well, the women get more stressed because they have to stay home and deal with kids all day, deal with housework all day, and then they got to cook supper, and they got to clean the dishes and do the, do the dishes, clean the table, so their stress level is a whole lot more than a man's. Well, then a man comes over here and says, no, no, my stress level is higher than yours because I've got to go out here to the workplace and I've got to do all these things. I've got things i got to do. I've got demands i got to meet. I've got a, a, a boss that's a rear end to me. I've got to deal with him all day. I've got to deal with all these idiots all day. My stress level is higher than yours. And then you come right in the center and Satan's just sitting there like, uh-huh, look at you. I'm winning. I'm not doing anything. Stress is stress. It doesn't matter if you're a wife, a husband, a child, grandchild. Stress is stress. So also the problem of stress is secondly the provision of sufficiency. Now verse 31, the Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. For And, and I'm going to stop right there. There is your provision. Shall renew their strength. The Lord uses the eagle as an example. The eagle loves the storms. Do you love storms? Be honest with yourself. Do you love storms? Mm-mm. Nobody wants to go through storms, but the eagle loves storms. And it says right here in verse 31, but they, who's they? Us. Hello. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now see what the eagle does. He sits there and he waits for the storm. I can, I can testify right now, there's not one person in this, in this church right now that waits on the storm. We do everything to avoid the storms. But the eagle stays there and waits upon the storms. And as the winds and the, and the turmoil uh, draft rises, he steps off of his perch and begins to soar. The eagle loves the storms because the eagle knows when the storms come, the eagle rises above the storms. And the faster the wind blows, or another example, the harder the battle comes, 
The faster the wind blows, the higher the eagle rises and soars above the winds. And I, I, I don't want to misquote this, but please don't hold me to it. But I think that it said the, the miles per hour that an eagle can fly is about 55 to 65 miles per hour on an everyday basis. But the, it's said to believe that the eagle can fly up to 100 miles per hour during a storm. Because the storm pushes him to go higher. And the harder it blows, the faster it gets. All of us here tonight should say, I know some storms. I've been through some storms. I know all about them storms. And we all can say that we know the storms and we know the adversaries. And we all know that we have to learn the lesson just like the eagle did. The eagle just not did wake up one day and say, I'm going to learn to fly. The eagle, just like you and I, had to be taught to fly. Now, since the, the, the eagle could not fly as high if it were not for the storm, since he could fly higher in the storm, he could also see further. The higher he goes, the better he can see. And this is something the eagle must be taught, just like you and I. Look at Deuteronomy 32 and 11. The Bible says, As an eagle stirred up her nest, fluttered uh, over her young, spread abroad her wings, taketh them, and beareth them on her wings. So see, the mama eagle, what she would do, she would in, in, uh, be in her nest and she will uh, line it around with nice soft feathers. And she'll make it so comfortable for the little eaglets to sit in her and be nice and comfortable. And she will leave the nest and she will go and she'll grab worms, she'll grab fish, she'll grab snakes, she'll grab whatever it is that she can find to bring it back to the nest to feed her little babies. But mama knows that one day her little eagle's going to have to get out of this nest and learn how to fly. And so what does she do? She takes, and what, what Deuteronomy is talking about, uh, he, uh, she uh, fluttereth. And basically what the, what the eagle does is that the eagle takes its wings and begins to, to, to fan and blows all the feathers out of the nest. And so now the nest comes uncomfortable. Now the little eagles don't have that soft cushion anymore. They're sitting on twigs and sticks and, and mud and, and, and stuff like that. So the nest comes uncomfortable. And so this is how they teach them to fly. Mama takes the little bird, picks them up, and says, Guess what, big boy? Now it's time. Just throw the little bird out the nest. The whole time the bird is just there doing this, doing this, doing this, and flipping and turning and, and going side to side. And the little bird, and it's like, What, what are you doing? I can't fly. I can't fly. But mama comes comes out of the nest. It's true, look it up. Comes out of the nest, flies down right before the bird hits ground. Flies up under the little baby bird. And the and gets right up under and the and the, and the baby eaglet takes his claws and, and hooks it to the back of mama's back. And then what the eagle does, takes him right back up to the nest, puts him right back in the nest. And does it over and over and over again. And, and, say, and so sometimes we can't tell what is happening out on, on, on the outside of us because we're like, we're just being thrown out. And so God does it the same way. He sends storms our ways to teach us to wait upon the Lord. And God is saying to us tonight, if you quit stressing over what you're going through, if you'll wait upon me, 
I will bounce you up like wings of eagles and I will take you above this. You will overcome this. You will be above the storm. You will be higher and you'll be able to see more clearly because everybody knows when we're all stressed out, we can't see right in front of us. And, and I'll have so many people come by me and say, hey, I saw you sort of the day. I said, hi. I said, I waved at you and everything. You just kept walking because I was stressed. I couldn't even see in front of me. I was like, don't take it personal. I didn't see you. I, I, my mind was overloaded and I, I, wouldn't, I, I just didn't see you. And see, sometimes the storms of life that come to us may be the very thing that God is using to deliver us, to help us, and to cause us to rise higher. How many times have I said it from the pulpit? Don't, don't neglect the storms. Don't neglect the storms because the storms are there to build us, to help us, and to get us closer to God. And God's promise in His Word, if you'll wait upon me, I will bounce you up like wings of, uh, of eagles and you will, over, you will overcome us. You will soar above this. So also, and, uh, in Isaiah 40 and 31, there are storms these are not just storms that we're going through, but they're deadlines. That's what causes stress. Is that we know we got to get this done. We know we got to finish this and, and get this done. And it's deadlines that we know we got to do. And we and we find out, well, I don't have time to do it. And so, therefore, the deadlines that sometimes we can't make and it causes us to stress. And these are things we need to get done and we don't seem like we have no time, but there is enough time. Listen to me. There is enough time in every day to do everything that God wants you to do. Did you realize that? There's enough time in every single day you live to fulfill what God has called you to do. We shouldn't insult God by saying we don't have enough time. I don't have enough time, but sometimes we have to, uh, to run and, and get it done. But there's enough time. It's, here's, the, here's the key to that. It's called prioritizing. Are you allowing your life, your stress, your hang-ups, your headaches to be a higher priority than what God's called you to do? If you put God first, place God first, Matthew 6.33, but seek you first the kingdom of God, and after His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Simply, if we put God first, everything else will work out. You know what? The church, listen to me. This book right here is as simple as A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. Why do we make this thing so complicated? I have no idea. But it simply says, if you'll put me first, all these things work out. I can close up the book right now so let's go home. Because that's where our stress comes from because we get our focus off of God Listen, and we try to figure out on our own, and we're going to do it the way we want to, the way we thought we ought to do it, and we, and then we got get all stressed out. But God said, "Say all the time, if you listen to me, and just do what I said to do, and what my word said to do, put me first, you wouldn't be stressed out." Acts eight twenty nine. Then the Spirit said to Philip, "Go near and join thyself to the, to this chariot." Philip had to run and chase the chariot. And that's the way we feel like sometimes we feel like Philip. We jump out of bed running. We literally jump out of bed running. 
Because we just know I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And the reason I keep saying that over and over is because that's our everyday life. Everyday life. Get up, run, 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 go home, eat, go to bed, and do it all over again. That is our life today. Sometimes we wake up running because Satan, like a warning line, is out on our trails. There's a story of um, uh, in Africa, and there was an animal, and the animal would basically get up and say, today, if I don't run faster than the slowest lion, I'm going to be devoured. And then the lion wakes up and says, if I don't run as, as fast as the slowest animal comes, I won't starve to death. And that's the way we do every day. We literally wake up and say, if I don't get up and start running as fast as I can, I'm not going to get it all done. Those are also opportunities in life that we rush and catch and to meet and, and, and deadlines and things of like that. And also, not only is it the run and the rush of life, but also to walk in the routine of life. You know that's where we struggle the most? Is our everyday, day-to-day routine. That's where we stress out the most. That's where it sounds like we fall and fail the most. And God will give us strength to walk in the routines and routine times of life. In verse 31, and it says, uh, in, the, in the latter part of verse 31, it says, and they shall run. And that's why I just got through saying, they shall run. It's like we run, 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 run. And it says, they shall run and not be weary. And then the last part says, and they shall walk and not faint. So now we go from running, run, 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 to now we're walking. Most of us have the most trouble in our routine times of life. It is in the routines of life where most of us fail. It is most important to learn to walk in the routine of life because this is where we live most of the time, in the routine of life. It's one thing uh, to fly like an eagle or to surge like an athlete, but it's another to stick to your day-to-day routine. We have the hardest time just trying to stick to our day-to-day stuff. I can't even get my day-to-day stuff done. And we wonder why we're so stressed. And we serve God by flying in the hard times and running in the happy times, but we also need to walk day by day in the regular humdrum times of life. Sometimes you just got to slow down and walk. If I told some of you to slow down and just walk, wouldn't that be a kind of a breather for you? I like it. You mean I can walk? Sure. You mean I don't have to run anymore? I don't have to, I don't have to race through life. I don't have to just run, run, run. And, and I see that more now the older I get. Because when I was young, and I said like I'm 80 years old. And, and when, I, when I was a, a kid, I would hear uh, the, my parents and, the, and uh, uh, a lot of the older ones say, Oh boy, you better enjoy life while you got it. Because as soon as you get out, it goes like that right there. And I'm like, nah. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in all that. And now I'm, I'm 35 years old. Even at 35, I say, "Hey, we're right." Why? It's because we run and we run, and time gets away from us. We stay overloaded. Our plates stay full, and we don't know how to just walk and do the day-to-day routines. The great need we have is day-to-day faithfulness in the little things to walk and not faint. Deuteronomy 33:25. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as they and as as thy days, so shall they strength be. 
The children of Israel went from Egypt to Canaan by walking step by step. They didn't have trucks. They didn't have cars. They didn't have planes. They didn't have motorcycles. They didn't have bicycles. They had to walk day to day to their destination. They walked through They walked through valleys and rivers and mountains and difficulties, but they had to walk every single day. And then if you look at the book of Ephesians, uh, it mentions seven times that the Christian life is a walk. It's a walk. Victory is all day, every day, good days, bad days, walking the Christian life. You may say, what is victory? Victory is me getting behind this pulpit and preaching a sermon and thousands get saved. And thousands receive touch and healings and miracles. Yes, not all is victory. But let me ask you this. What is victory in the Christian life? It's getting breakfast in the morning. It's dressing the children before they go to school. Going to work. Cleaning the house. Taking the garbage out, which I did earlier today. Bible study. Quiet time. Prayer. Visiting sick. Being kind to your spouse. That, my friend, is your day-to-day victory. That is what we ought to be doing every single day in the life of a Christian. And let me say this. If we can live the Christian life at home, we can live the Christian life anywhere. Oh, don't get quiet on now. If we can live a Christian victory, if we can live a Christian life behind closed doors of our own home, then we can be a Christian anywhere we go. It's the day-to-day routine that we fail every single day. And God's saying it don't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. God provides us that we can do all of these things. In times of adversity, we soar like eagles. In time of opportunity, we run like an athlete. In times of necessity, we keep walking day by day. And we learn to endure. We learn endurance. Thirdly and lastly, is the promise of strength. Is the promise of strength. Now, we also went through the the problem of stress, how it causes us problems. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, We may not see it now, and we and I, I I thought when I was young that stress wasn't a big a big deal. And I yeah at, at a younger age I was stressed over uh, a lot of things, work and and things like that. And I didn't think stress was that big a deal. But the older and older I got, the more and more caught up with me. I'm gonna tell you, listen, church. The reason I'm preaching this message is because stress is real. Mm-hmm. We do it more than we think we do. And as children and believers of God, that should not be within us. We shouldn't have to stress in this life. Because I'm going to tell you, stress, if not taken care of, I hate to say it, but I love too much not to tell you, it will kill you. It will kill you. And it will cause you uh, uh, heartburn, it causes upset stomach, it causes headaches, it causes panic attacks, it causes heart attacks, it causes... Uh, cancer set up in your body. It, and stress is a uh, dying, killing cancer disease that is set up in your body. I remember, uh, I would say it's probably a uh, year and a half, two years ago, something like that. I don't really remember. It only happened to me one time. I went through, and here's where, I'm going to tell you, I told you behind the pulpit that 
I would never be too proud to share you my own testimony. So what I've went through, to hoping it will help better you and encourage you. And I always, in my job, I always want to do the best I can. 100%. And I, I, I didn't like getting in trouble. I, that just bothered me. If I, if I did something and I didn't do it right and the boss comes up to me and says, hey, you didn't do this right, you know, you should have done it this way, that literally just eats me alive. Because I want to do the best job I can. I've always been like it. I hate failure. It just, it just does something to me. And so, but I always kept that in the back of my mind. You got to do this, 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 you got to do this way, you got to do this way, you got to do this way. And, and so all that time, I didn't realize that was stress. I was stressing my own self out over stuff that I didn't have stress over. And eventually, it caught up with me. I remember one day, one Sunday morning after, after church, my wife and family, we went to uh, Don Poncho's out in North. I'll never forget it. Felt fine. Felt like it was just a normal Sunday. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. And uh, went and we ate uh, lunch and fellowship and left. And, and, and as soon as I got in the car, and uh, I remember it was, it was kind of cool that they had, had a jacket on. And I uh, got in the car and I and didn't even get out of the parking lot real good. And I was like, honey, it's hot. I mean, I mean I had sweat beads just hitting my head. And I pulled over and I got out of the car, took my jacket off. I had, I had a shirt like this on. I took this shirt off. I had an undershirt on, a white undershirt. Took my jacket, took my shirt off, and I got back in the car with just my undershirt on. And she said, are you okay? I said, it's hot. She said, no, it's not. I had cranked that AC to the full max. And I got going on down the road. I felt like something wasn't right. I felt like something was to hit me. Something was to happen. Something was to happen. Something was to happen. And I, just, I felt so dizzy. I felt like, I, I, basically, I felt like I was going to die. I felt, I, was, I felt like everything was about to close in. And I felt like I was just about to leave. And so I rushed on home. I said, maybe I just lay down. Maybe, maybe I'm just overtired. Maybe I just need to lay down. And so I went straight home and got in bed. And it's like I, I had trouble breathing. And I was like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with me? I ne- I've never felt this way. And eventually I was like, I just kept feeling like if I don't get up and if I don't do something, something's going to happen. And I went to my wife. I said, honey, I'm not, don't, don't freak out. I'm not trying to scare you. But I didn't go to the hospital. She just dropped everything. She said, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I told you that the word, don't, don't freak out. Yeah, right. And uh, she said, okay, okay. And I think she was on the phone with somebody. She said, bye, click. And, she, and so, long story short, I went to the hospital, emergency room, and they checked me out, done a, you know, this, this, and this, and they said, nothing wrong with you. I'm like, uh, that was a lie. I said, I did not go through. I wouldn't try to speak nothing on my life. Please understand me. I, I just knew something wasn't right. I said, I'm not leaving here until you tell me what I went through because it scared me to death. I said, I literally felt like I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I, 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 was, I was just, I felt like I was about to fall out. I felt like uh, my vision started closing in. I said, I literally felt like I was going to take my last breath. Something was not right. And they finally come in and said, okay, we know what it is. And I said, what was it? They said, you had a massive panic attack. Which feels like a heart attack. Which feels like they called it some medical term where I can't remember what it was. That it says that part where you felt like you was about to lead the world. They called it the, by name. I said that's what the, that explains that. They said you have severe panic attack. And they said all the years of stress. Guess what? It caught up with you. That's the first and the one and the only time that has happened. And I said all that simply say this: Don't stress. It's not worth it. I had a good friend of mine tell me, 
he saw how stressed out I was. I worked with him, loved him. He's like a brother to me. And uh, he told me, he said, listen, let me tell you this. He said, you only worry about the things you can control. Everything else, don't worry about it. It will take care of itself. And he, and he said, let me tell you my, my motto in life. I said, what's that? He said, it is what it is. If it happens, it is what it is. If it didn't happen, it is what it is. And I try to live somewhat by that. You know, some of that is, you know, believers, you can't use that scenario to some things. But, you know, I get the gift. And so we look at the problem of stress, the provision of sufficiency, and then, and then thirdly, the promise of strength. God gives us promise of strength in His Word. The promise has provision that we must wait upon the Lord. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word for renew means to change or exchange. The Christian life is not only a changed life. When you said to Jesus Christ, your life was forever changed. If you truly received Him, your life is forever changed. But also, you are living an exchanged life. We give Him our weakness. And then we receive His strength. We exchange our weakness. He gives us His strength. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. The faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So Paul was saying, I'm living a life of exchange. I gave him mine, and he gave me his. Now he lives in me. In order to live this exchange life, we are to wait upon the Lord. Now listen, waiting does not mean simply sitting and doing nothing. Does not mean inactivity. Well, so if I tell... Brother Jackie, hold on one minute. Wait on me. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to get this done. I got to get this, but I'll be right back. Brother Jackie thinks, okay, I'm going to sit here. Technically, that's what we think. When we hear the word wait, it means stop, stay. I promise I'm not trying to talk to you like dogs. Um, but if you stop and you stay and, and you wait, it means don't do anything. Just wait. Hold on. Hold back the reins. Stop for a minute. In order to get this strength to fly like an eagle, to run like an athlete. And, and again, we, we think we've got to go, go, go. But sometimes God's saying, it's time to wait just for a moment. And, and what, what does it mean to wait? We say, well, if it don't mean to, to stay there, if it doesn't mean to uh, not be, inact or be active, well, what does wait upon the Lord mean? Number one, it means that we must desire Him. While we're waiting upon the Lord, it's like we are waiting and we are desiring Him. Psalm 62 and 1. Truly my soul, here it is, waiteth. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From Him cometh my salvation. Now when David wrote this psalm, he was in a time of full-blown stress. In distress. And he knew that only God could satisfy his deepest need. If we want relief without if we want relief without wanting God, then we are not waiting upon the Lord. 
Now, not only are we supposed to uh, desire Him, but we're also must, we, we must listen to Him. Not only desire Him, but we must listen to Him. Proverbs 8.34 Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates. Here it is. Waiting at the post of my doors. We wait for instruction of the Lord. We wait expecting to hear from the Lord. We must listen. When we wait, we must listen. Sometimes in our waiting period, it is our time to be quiet. It's a time to listen. There must be a quiet time along with God and watching daily at His gates. Can God get your attention tonight? Are you waiting upon the Lord? If you are, can He get your attention? Or are we so, again, so full of this everyday life, everyday stress that God can't get our attention and we must be in tune with God? How are you ever going to overcome anything if you don't hear from God? How can you overcome anything and wait upon the Lord for your for direction and, 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 and grow stronger, closer if He cannot get our attention? We must listen to Him and we must look to Him. And it's all done while we wait upon the Lord. Again, be waiting upon the Lord does not mean sit there and twiddle your thumbs. We are to continue doing things. We must listen to Him and we must look to Him. Psalms 104, 27. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Do you believe that God will take care of you? That's pretty just plain out simple. Do you believe God will take care of you? Just like the animals in the forest look to God to give them their food in due season, we must look to God. Instead of stressing about the need to get this and the need to have this and to worry about where is it going to come from and what am I going to do to get it and how am I going to get it, instead of looking to that, do you believe God can take care of you? If God said He would do it, if His Word proclaims that it will be done, then why are we stressing? If God, if, if God uh, says He will do it, then we must wait upon Him and look to Him. It says, and say, God, You said in Your Word that You will do this, and You said in Your Word that it shall be mine. And then, and, and then we leave that, and we go off stressing. And then why did, was there any point in picking this thing up? If you're going to read it, if you're going to look at it and study it, and what good is it going to do if you don't adhere to it? If God's Word says He can, then He will. Then we must look to Him. Do you truly believe that God can meet your needs? Do you look to God and are you looking somewhere else? That's where our stress comes from. And then lastly, we must live for Him. We must live for Him. So we must desire Him during all the times we wait upon the Lord. We must desire Him. We must listen to Him. We must look to Him. And then lastly, we must live for Him. Again, waiting does not mean inactivity. It does not mean sitting there doing nothing. Proverbs 27, 18. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master, here it is, shall eat. Be honored. When we wait upon the Lord, we are to serve Him. I saw a picture, uh, I think it was either today or yesterday, I can't remember, that it said, if you are waiting upon the Lord, do what waiters do. 
serve. When you go to a restaurant and you're sitting there and the waitress or waiter comes and, and what do they do? They don't just walk up to your table and say, and, and fold their arms and say, okay. They don't sit there and just look around. They say, can I help you? My name is, is, is Bob and I'm here to serve you. And uh, here's your menus. What would you like to drink? Would you like some sweet tea? Okay. Would you like some Coke? Okay. I'll be right back. I'll, I'll go get it. They go get your drinks. They bring them back. They'll say, are you ready to order? Are you ready to order? Y'all need just a minute. And okay, you want a T-bone and you want a baked potato? What would you like? You want, oh, you want the house out? Oh, great choice. And so they write that down. Okay, I'll be right back. And so they go and put the order in to get food. Bring it back and say, okay. Oh, sir, I know she needs more, uh, some more coke. I'll go get you some more. They're waiting upon them. And so that's what we ought to do. As long as we're waiting upon the Lord, we ought to be serving Him. That means every single day, if you are waiting upon the Lord, if, 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 if God says that, or told you that this shall be done, and this need in your life, and this, and this trouble that you're going through, the situation that you're going through, and you're looking for God to move in a mighty way in the situation, and you know in your heart, and by you're walking by faith, and you're doing all that you know to do, and, and you know that God said he will, that you will overcome this, don't stop. Keep walking, keep living, and keep walking by faith, and just keep serving Him, and just know in due season it will be done. What does all that mean? It means if you do that, you have no room, no area, no open door to stress. If you wait upon the Lord, you shall mount the wings like eagles, and you will soar above all this that you are going through. If you just wait upon the Lord. And see, I've heard so many people say on different matters, different things, and different situations they're going through, and they'll share, they'll share their um, they'll share their situation that they're going through, and they'll say, oh, I don't know how am I going to do it. How am I going to do it? I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. I don't, and I'm thinking the whole time, they are stressed to the max. I can just see it. And it shows. It shows. It shows bigger than a yellow polka dot dress. People can see it from miles away. When you walk in stress, it just it's, it's all over people. But I'm going to tell you, don't stress. And we're living in a time where it's so easy to allow these things to stress us out. Because stress is not knowing what's going to be the outcome. Or how something's going to work out. It doesn't matter. I know what my Bible says. I don't know what the Word of God says. I don't have to worry about it. God's got it. The whole time, all I heard, back when the election was hitting, uh, first going in, that's all I heard, election, 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 election. Oh, the world's going to go this way. The world's going to go this way. And you better prepare. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. I don't have to worry about that. Because I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's got me in the palm of His hand. I know i got to do what i got to do. And God's going to take care of everything else. Listen, church, if you didn't need this message, if this message wasn't for you, that's okay. I needed this message. Because I do get stressed at times. And sometimes I got to remind myself, okay, God, you got this. I'm sorry. So, and then lastly, I'm going to close. If we will wait upon the Lord, then He will renew our strength. And the gap of stress that lies between our responsibility and our inabilities will close together. It will be removed. He will take our nothingness 
and infuse it with His almightiness when we learn to wait upon the Lord. And I close. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank You, Lord, for this Bible study that You led us to. God, I pray, Lord, it encourages the body of Christ tonight. Lord, I pray that it strengthens our hearts, gives us more of an insight that, God, You are the Alpha, You are the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. That, God, You are in full control. You are, you are uh, all sovereign. You have all authority. That, God, because we serve You and we belong to You, and, God, You created us, God, You prepared a place for us, that, God, we shouldn't have anything to worry about. God, we shouldn't stress over anything. Lord, if it's our jobs, if it's our homes, our relationships, our families, our marriages, finances, whatever it may be, Lord. That, Lord, we don't have to worry about these things. God, we don't have to stress about these things because you are in control. And, Lord, I lift up to you tonight, everyone that is not here tonight, Lord, for whatever reason it may be, Lord, that you know all things. And, but, God, I just want to pray over them tonight, Lord, that you just be with them, that you minister to them, that you encourage them and watch over them, keep them safe. Lord, I lift up to you tonight. Our very own brother David and sister Pat, Lord, who are fighting right now the virus. Lord, I pray, God, that you strengthen them. Lord, that you encourage them. That, Lord, in this time of sickness and disease, Lord, and this virus, Lord, that, you, that they don't have to stress. They don't have to worry about this. Because, God, your word says that by your stripes we are healed. That Psalms 103 says, Lord, you heal all thy diseases. Lord, that your word says in Psalms 91 that no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. Lord, that is your word. Lord, that's all we have today. That's all we have to stand upon is your word. And your word will never fail. Lord, the Bible says that the grass wither and the flower fail, but your word shall not wither. Lord, that is our very foundation. When all other ground is seeking sand, that Word of God will forever stand. God, strengthen us today. Strengthen us today. Encourage our hearts. Lift our spirits, Lord. Lord, this time that Lord, our hearts are going weary. Lord, we're beginning to faint in these times. Lord, don't let us go by the wayside. Give us encouragement today. Let us feel your presence once again. Touch our minds, touch our hearts tonight. And Lord, let, uh, let us know and reassure us tonight that you have not left us, nor have you forsaken us tonight. And God, we just thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for all your love and your mercy and your divine power. And God, we just want to say we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Man, well, God bless you. We love you. And we hope to see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship.